Hey everyone, um, I actually had a couple things to talk about last podcast, which was just like yesterday, but for some reason it just completely like left my mind, like I have no idea why, and that was about media day, uh, you know, the NBA is starting up pretty soon, I think two weeks from now, um, and you know, the media camp was happening, the media camp, media day for a bunch of teams was happening and you know, training camps have started and my reaction from media day is just that fox lady was 100 percent right i am all on the shut up and dribble vibe i am with it 100 percent because the shit that draymond said that lebron co-signed the shit that andrew wiggins is saying Kyrie is saying Jonathan Isaac is saying, Michael Porter is saying, Bradley Beal is saying, Kyle Kuzma, I think he got the shot, Even, but even then he's a fucking idiot. Like, I, what Draymond said today was like, oh, I just don't see how this is any different than like if, you know, your teammate said he can't be there because his wife is giving birth. That's his personal decision. It's like, that would make sense if every time someone, like one of your teammates' wife one of your teammates' wife got pregnant and was delivering a baby that, you know, a million people died. Like, that would be... Yeah, it would be the same if that happened. Like, if every time, you know, LeBron, uh, LeBron's wife, Vanessa, had, like, a kid, that a million people just died. Like, that would make sense then. But that's not the case at all. So, like, it makes no sense at all. And then with Andrew Wiggins, I... Like, some people like that he showed some fire in, like, his press conference where he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to stand for what I believe in. But it's like, when people ask what you believe in, you said, it's none of your business. It's none of your business. The fuck are you talking about? Like, this whole basketball shit is our business. Like, when people say, are you going to be there for 41 games? Probably more than 41 because it's 41 missing at home. But then you're also going to be missing games, like, in New York and other places. So it's probably, like, Closer to like 50, 55 games that you're going to be missing. And, you know, we're talking about basketball. We're not talking about your personal beliefs or whatever. So, like, that's not really, you know, private or none of our business. That is our business because it's basketball. It's NBA. And, um, you know, I just think it's ridiculous how much, just how much, I just can't believe this is actually happening. You know, the pandemic started and everyone was like, oh, we got to get through this. We got to get the vaccine. Now we got the solution and people don't want the fucking solution. I just don't get it. It makes no sense to me. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And then there's people like, I think it was Dwight Howard or Kyle Kuzma that was like, maybe it was both of them where they were like, oh, so just because um, I don't want to violate HIPAA. I'm an anti-vaxxer now. That's what you all saying. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? That HIPAA has nothing to do with that. You think like if someone's got cancer, they're not allowed to tell people that they got cancer, that they would be violating HIPAA? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, you know, I think finally one person was like, yo, one reporter was finally like, yeah, that's actually not how HIPAA works at all. You know, it's that your doctor can't tell anyone about it, that they're not supposed to. You can tell anyone you want to. So I thought that was insane. Uh, Bradley Beal talking about, oh, but, you know, if you get the vaccine shot, you can still get COVID. But, yeah, you're not going to die from it. Also, it's not 100% effective. It's like 99. No, it's not 99. It's like 90, 95, I think. 
90 to 95%. And your chances of dying from it, like, go severely down. Like, if you don't, if you have the shot, if you have both the shots, you have, like, a, you know, a small chance of getting COVID. If you don't have the shot, you have all the chance of getting COVID. All the chance of passing it. The one, so that that one really pissed me off because that just shows me you're a fucking idiot, actually. Like, that doesn't even have anything to do with, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about it, I'm this, I'm that. That that one's more like you're you're just a fucking idiot who's done, who just might who's just a fucking idiot. Like I, there's nothing more to say about it. Um, who else did I want to go at Kyrie? The thing with Kyrie that really pissed me off was that, you know, he's gotten really in touch with his native roots. Which, I mean, yeah, go for it. Like, you know, native people, I respect them a lot. I respect their beliefs and everything, and I respect that Kyrie's getting closer to it. I just don't understand how you can say I'm getting closer to my native roots and then you're going to reservation camps, you know, where all there, there's all these kids and teenagers going there to see you and you're unvaccinated, you're unmasked. And the native people have taken like a big hit with this. Like it's really, you know, taking them out. And you're in these camps, unvaccinated, unmasked, you know, you might be spreading it out. So, like, that that really annoyed me. It's like, now it's just dangerous. You know, I I think I'm at the point where I don't really care if... Like, if you're not getting the vaccine because you're just, like, afraid of it, but you're wearing a mask and you're doing all these type of things, okay, like, I think I'm okay with it. I think I'm okay with it. But if you're not getting the vaccine because you think, like, they're microchipping us, like, I just think you're a fucking idiot at that point. I really do. You know, if your argument revolves around they're microchipping us, they're gonna update, they're gonna take our memories, and you know they're gonna upload it to the cloud. Now I'm like, I don't even want to listen. Like I don't respect you at all. But if you're one of those people that are like, I'm afraid of the side effects. I see that. I think. But and if you're one of those people that are like afraid of the side effects and whatnot, and but you're still wearing like masks and you're doing all that stuff, I I'm I think I'm okay with it. I think I am. Maybe not as a basketball player because then you have to go out and play. But I think if you're just a regular person, that's how you feel like you just don't want to get it. Because you understand like everyone else has gotten it and, you know, me, myself, I can just wear a mask and do this and that. I get it. The vaccine shots like, themselves, like, I got both of them and I just want to say, when you get them, like, firstly, you feel nothing. It feels like a mosquito bite. So it doesn't feel like anything. And... Your arm's not even sore for like one or two hours, maybe three, four hours, and then you can kind of start feeling it. And then by nighttime, you know, you like when I got it, I felt cold at nighttime. And, you know, for both the shots, I felt really cold at nighttime. My arm was hurting for a little bit, but it wasn't hurting enough to the point where like, I couldn't drive. Like I was still driving. I was going to work, coming back. You know, even when it was hurting, I was feeling cold, but like it wasn't that severe i understand like it's different for other people but like you can manage it's not like that it's not that bad uh, especially not for, like you to be risking so much so you know that that was the biggest thing for media day that just pissed me off i also think at some point you do have to talk about basketball and there wasn't enough basketball talk in these media you know camps media camp media days there just wasn't enough basketball talk i, I didn't hear anything about hey lebron or, hey russ are you gonna be 
you know, setting more screens for, are you going to be setting screens for LeBron and rolling to the rim, passing it out to shooters or throwing lobs to AD? Like, how do you see that playing out? What, you know, how are you, how are you going to, what are you guys going to do when, uh, you know, LeBron has the ball and, you know, what are you, are you going to be spotting up for three or are you going to be on the baseline? Like what, what's going on there? There just wasn't enough basketball talk. Um, so, you know, it was, it was too much vac- Like, I understand the vaccine is dumb. Like, COVID is still dominating everything. But, like, at some point, there does have to be some basketball talk at, you know, basketball media days. So, I just didn't, I just didn't see enough of that. Other than that, I, what, what did I want to talk about? I think I wanted to talk about over-unders. And I think I'm going to... I was going to do... What's it called? Um... Uh, conferences, but instead, I think I'm going to do divisions. So there's three divisions in each conference, um, and today I'm going to start with. Should I start with a good one or like a pretty mediocre one? Actually, let me go look up the over unders first, because ev- like different places have um, different. Um, what's it called? Projections or whatever. So I'm going on. Let me let me see like a pretty reputable one. Odd Shark. I feel like that's. I feel like I see that a lot. Uh, interesting. The 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 thing with this is that they show you the last season's wins, and so like for the Hawks, it says they won forty one games last season, but like. Yeah, but no, because that was a 72-game season. It's kind of 82. It's like, you know, it is different. Um, so which, which do I want? Uh, let's start with the Atlantic, actually. I think that's probably the best to do it. It's interesting because I'm not seeing any, like, really high ones. Do I see any? Oh, wow. That's okay. I see a lot of interesting ones. I'm already, like, not excited, but, like, just interested. So, the Philadelphia 76ers. Let's start with them. Well, they have a lot going on, right? Because Ben's not going to be there, I think, maybe. And if he's not there, like, just how many... Like, if he misses, like, 10, 15, 20 games, can they be decent? Can they not be decent? Like, what's like what's the thing there? I think they can be pretty decent even without Ben for a little bit. And if when they do trade Ben, it's not like they're not getting anything back, like, they're going to be getting a player back for him. So, you know, first you do, we just have to look at who they lost and who they who's coming in. Actually, let's talk about what they did last season. So they went 49 and 23. Number 2 defense in the league. Uh their winning percentage was 68, 68%. And, you know, 68% would have been 56 wins around that. And they're projected at 51 and a half. Which would be sixty two percent. Um is it fifty one and a half? Let me just make yeah, fifty one and a half. So sixty two wins. I think I think just looking at what their roster is going to be. So you got Seth, Danny, Tobias, Embiid. I think that alone in the East with Embiid being what Embiid is now. That alone should be 50 wins. So, like, I already have them that. Uh, for, well, 48 to 50 wins. So, like, some of that has to do with now 
Well, how many games is Embiid going to play? Is he going to play 75 games? Is he going to play 65 or 55? I'm, if, if, if I'm just putting that in, I'm going to say he plays 65 games. That's how I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking Embiid plays 65 games. Tobias plays essentially all the games. Danny plays essentially all the games. Seth plays essentially all the games. So off the bench, am I am I doing this with Ben? I'm doing this with the replacement of, for whatever they get for Ben Simmons in there, or Ben Simmons himself playing. So that's that's my thinking on how I'm doing this. So they have Shake Milton off the bench, Matisse off the bench, Corkmouth off the bench, Andre Drummond off the bench. They have uh, George Niang off the bench. I thought that was a really good pickup. You know, they lost George Hill, but George Hill barely played for them. I think they lost Mike Scott. I'm not even sure. They lost Dwight. Uh, none of these make any difference, honestly. Like, Shake, Shake is good off the bench. Matisse is good off the bench. Korkmaz is fine off the bench. Uh, Drummond as a bench player, that's amazing off the bench. Like, you just get, you know, 18 quality minutes of, like, like, be- like Drummond is I don't think he's a great starter. I think he's probably an okay starter. But off the bench, you're just getting eighteen minutes of him going up against the backup centers. I think that's really good. So, you know, you got him, Shake off the bench, Matisse, Korkmaz, Niang, and Drummond. I think that's a pretty good like five man unit. It's not even like a real five man unit because they're gonna be, you know, mismatched with Tobias, Seth, and whoever they get for Ben. So like you know, I think that's a pretty good team. If I had to if I had to guess, I think their defense probably goes down a little bit because Ben is a great defender. So I would say defensively they would be around from second to I would say seven, eight, something like that. But their offense goes up a little to like from thirteenth to like tenth or ninth. Um so yeah, that's my prediction for them. I have them around, if I had to guess, I would say 53 wins. So I have them going with the over on that. Who who the hell is in this division? How am I just... I know the Celtics, Nets, and uh, Knicks, and Raptors. But who's next? Okay, so Brooklyn Nets are next. They won 48 games. Yeah, right? 48 games. Yeah, they won 48 games, which would have been a 67%. That's their that's their best season of all time. That's actually pretty funny. Like that's that's actually their best season of all time in the NBA, like what the season that they just had. I had no idea about that. That's pretty interesting. Their win total is 55.5. Uh which would be how many wins? Uh 66% uh over under, I mean, uh, win percentage. So 66%, yeah, 65.5. Uh, I'm going to go with the over because even if Kyrie misses some games, KD misses some games, James Harden misses some games, they're still going to have like one of the other guy or two of the other guys, or they're going to have all three of the guys. Um, I think some of it is predicated. Actually, even, actually, even it's really not. Even if Kyrie misses the entire season, like he just says, I'm not playing the season. Or if he says, I'm not playing the home games, 41 games, San Francisco out, these places I'm out. I still think they're going to, I still think they're going to go over 55 and a half. So I would go over on that. Uh, just looking at what they lost and what they brought and just, let's just see what they were last season. Uh, 
I'm pretty sure they were the number one defense in the league. Yes, um, not defense, offense in the league. 23rd on defense. Uh, James Harden only played 36 games. KD only 35. Um, where was Lamar- LaMarcus? Only 5. Blake only 26. So, like, these guys, uh, Claxton only 32. So, these guys, assume, my guess would be they play 75, 80% of the season. James Harden probably plays 90 because he's just an Iron Man, he plays all the time. Uh, they lost uh, Jeff Green, they lost Shamet, they lost DeAndre Jordan, who actually played way more than I thought he did. What the fuck? He played fifty-seven fucking games. Holy shit! Twenty-two minutes a game. I had no idea he played that much. Um, Mike James, he's gone. I think Timothy Lawau Cabrero is gone as well. I'm pretty sure. Tyler Johnson's gone. Chris Chios is gone. Alize Johnson's gone. So their roster right now is, um, well, who they brought in anyways. They brought in um, Patty Mills. Pretty good pickup. I think he's a little overrated. I think his three-point percentage has dipped a lot. And uh, he's like a good heat check guy, but like defensively he's going to get cooked. He hasn't shot 40% in four seasons. Has not shot 40% in four seasons. And, you know, he's a guy that doesn't get to the line. He's a guy that's not a great playmaker. He's not a great defender. So I think he's a good off-the-bench guy for sure. I think that's really good. Uh, They brought in James Johnson. I think he'll be okay. I think he's kind of cooked. but And he can't shoot. So like, But I guess they have enough shooting, so it doesn't matter that much. Uh, They brought in Paul Millsap. I think Paul Millsap is done. Um, Who else did they bring in? Uh, that's really it. So I'm guessing the starting lineup is going to be Kyrie, Harden, Harris, KD, and LaMarcus. That would be my guess. And off the bench, they w- they're going to have Patty, Bruce Brown? Yeah, Bruce Brown. Um, Blake, Millsap, Claxton. One of the things interesting about this team is they don't really have a lot of wings. I guess you could say James Johnson. But, like, it's not a Sekou as well, but, like, I don't think these guys are going to play that much. James Johnson might actually play a lot. Uh, he, he could be, like, a pretty good uh, backup center, even. Like, you know, you could run a lot of, you know, KD at the 4, James Johnson at the 5 type of lineups that you did with Jeff Green. But the thing with Jeff Green was he could actually, like, shoot now. James Johnson cannot shoot a lot at all. Um, but, like, you, you just look at their wings, and it's not a lot of small forwards there. You know, it's KD, and that's essentially it. You know, they don't have any, you know, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, small forwards, really. Like, that are two small forwards. Like, James Johnson, he's more of like a 4'5", four, 4'3". Four, he's not a small four. He's not a 3'4". Um, so, yeah, like, I, I still think they're just going to smash that. Like, if I had to guess, I think that's a 60-win team. And this is, they're one of the teams where I'm, like, confident in betting on them. Like, I'm confident in betting on them. With Philadelphia, I actually forgot. I was going to do the X-Factors as well. I completely forgot about that. Their X-Factor is Tyrese Maxey. If Tyrese Maxey can be a, like, a good point guard, not a great point guard yet, I feel like now you get, you have an option of, well, now we don't have to trade Ben Simmons for a guard. Now we can trade him for a wing, a you know, a big guard like a shooting guard instead of a point guard. 
Because right now, if you think about trading Ben Simmons for just like CJ McCollum, like who's playing point guard now? CJ can't play point guard. He's not a point guard. He's not a bring up the ball every single time, play make for others, do this, do that. So you know that that was one of the things when I when talking about trading for be, trading Ben Simmons, I was thought try getting a point guard, but you have to try getting a point guard back. But if Tyrese Maxey can come in this season and he's a, I don't know, like 15 points, 3 rebounds, 3-4 rebounds, 6 assists, you know, shoots it, 35% from 3, he's getting to the rim, he's doing that, he's doing this, you know, he's doing a couple of everything. He becomes, let's say on 2K, he's like a 82 overall now. I think that, I think that's a, like that's, firstly you have a good player now. You have a good player now. And on top of that, I think it lets you trade Ben Simmons for other things. Like, you can go trade Ben Simmons for a small forward now. You can trade Ben Simmons for a, you know, bigger shooting guard now. You can do, you can trade him for like a 4-3 type player, a 3-4 type player. So, it, it just gives you a lot more flexibility if Tyrese can become something. Another X factor for them would be, if Matisse can become a better three-point shooter. If Matisse is 35% from three, now you can throw out... Like, you can take Seth Curry out of that lineup. And you can throw in Matisse. Because now you would have Matisse 35%. Danny, you know, 38, 39, 40, 41%. Like, like it just depends on the year what he's going to be. Tobias, 37, 38, 39, 40%. And Bede can shoot as well. So, like, now you have lineups that just two-way wise and just suffocation wise I think that would be insane um Matisse like if Ben stays you got Ben Matisse Danny Embiid out there for like 40 minutes now well Danny doesn't play 40 minutes anymore but like the other guys like you could play them for 40 minutes legitimately uh, Matisse could shoot like that's insane so He's uh, my real X factor is Tyrese, but my low key one is Matisse if he can shoot. Other than that, like I really like the Niang pickup. I think he's gonna be a great, you know, spacer for them. Like if you look at his numbers, they're pretty insane. Like his shooting numbers, he shoots like forty three percent from three, and he like per thirty six, he's taking like nine ten attempts a game. So like he's gonna be a great, you know, floor spacer for them. I think he's gonna be. I think he's going to be really good for my... I, I like their bench. You know, I like the quality of players that they have off their bench. Um, so, yeah, I think the 76ers, I think they're going to go over on that. I'm going over on the 51 and a half. Um, just on my confidence level, I would be pretty... I, I don't think I would bet on it just because Embiid's health is always a question. And I wouldn't bet on it because you don't know how... Um, how long Ben is going to hold out, and you don't know what you're going to get back from him. So that those are the reasons why I wouldn't bet on it, but if I had to, like if you put a gun to my head, if the fate of the world depended on it, I want Iguodala, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the over. But because it doesn't, I'm not going to bet on it. The Nets, however, 55 and a half, I will be betting on this. Unless I'm not allowed to, unless it's illegal, you know, I'm just saying, if it's illegal where I live and anyone hears this, I will not be betting on it. But if I can bet on it, I will bet on it. Um, their X factor, I'm not really sure. 
I, I really don't know who their X factor can be because we know what Kyrie, James, KD are. Like, we know what they are. Joe Harris, we know what he is. LaMarcus, Blake, Paul Millsap, they're old as fuck, and we know what they are. Uh, Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown, we know what he is. I guess if he could become a better three-point shooter, that would help. Uh, Patty Mills, we know what he is. Like, we know what their rotation is. So I guess the only X factor they have is Nick Claxton. Can Nick Claxton be their starting center? Can he be like a like a player that can turn that 23rd defense into top 15? Because their offense is going to be number one this year. Like that's just that just is what it is. But if they can get their defense from 23rd to 15th, even 15th, not even top, not even top like 10, 11, 12, like just 15th, I think they can be 60, 65 wins pretty easily. And, you know, he's got he's got a lot of talent as that type of player who can do that for you. But I'm just like when I when I watch him, I'm never that impressed. Like sometimes I am like he'll do something really flashy. You see that athleticism, but he's very he's not very strong. I think he gets bullied out, out of the way a lot. And I don't know. I've just never I've, I've never been like super impressed by what he does. I've always been like. Yeah, you could probably put like 30, 40 guys in that same position. They do the exact same thing. What he just did. Like, if you play with James Harden, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, with Joe Harris out there as well, spraying the floor. Like, yeah, you're probably going to get like open dunks and like whatnot. So I've never been that impressed. But like, I can see the appeal of him as like an X factor. There were all, the Nets were also 20, I believe 21st in field goal attempts. Which means that they're giving up a lot of offensive rebounds. And, you know, we saw it with the Bucks. Like, the Bucks dominated them in the offensive glass. And when you look at this team, like, James Arden gets a lot of rebounds. But they're fake rebounds. Like, they're not real rebounds. He's not, like, boxing out and doing it. KD's an okay rebounder, although he gets pretty lazy. Uh, Kyrie's not a rebounder. Joe Harris isn't a rebounder. Um, you know... I don't I don't think LaMarcus is a rebounder at this point. Blake Griffin's not really a rebounder. Millsap's not a rebounder. So like Claxton, I don't think he's a great rebounder either. So like they're gonna have their they're gonna have uh, a lot of issues rebounding again this year. I definitely see them I definitely see that trend continuing where teams are pounding them on the glass. I think we're gonna see a lot of, you know, losses for them that are when we look at the box score, it's like, oh, the other team. Oh, it makes sense. The other team had twenty more shot attempts than them. But despite that, I just think the talent is so overwhelming that you have to take the over, um, and that's what I would be doing. I'd be very confident in that over for them. Who is next? I believe it is the New York Knicks. The Knicks. Please tell me it's the Knicks. Please tell me I'm right. I'm I'm like confident I'm right. It is the Knicks, yes. Forty one and thirty one, which would be what? Fifty seven percent. Which is the equivalent of what? Forty seven wins. So what is their over under now? Let's see. Forty two and a half, so above fifty it the Knicks are interesting now because when you when you look at how they just won they won by a defense. You know, they were a top, what, three defense, even though some people would say it was fake because, you know, the if you look at the shots that they allowed, it was a lot of threes, wide open threes that teams just missed. 
So a lot of people are like, they're probably not third. They were probably like eighth or ninth best. But they were third. Like, just a, like they were third. You know, it was 80 games, like, no, no, 72 games. And through that, you can't get lucky for 72 games. It's just, at some point, you're doing something. Uh, they were 23rd on defense. I mean, on offense, they were sec- thir- third on defense. And they lost Reggie Bullock. He's gone. Uh, Alfred Payne, he's gone. That's a, thank God. Uh, they lost, who else? Who else actually played for them that they lost? Frank Milakina, but like, he, he didn't play. I'm just talking about players that actually played for them. Uh, they brought back D. Rose, I'm pretty sure. Alec Berg, Nerlens Noel. And uh, they're going to have Obi Toppin still playing. Quickly still playing. And Taj Gibson still playing. And uh, Mitchell Robinson's coming back. So their their starting lineup, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, it would be Kemba. They got Kemba. It would be Evan Fournier, who they got. It would be RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and my guess would be Mitchell Robinson. And off the bench, it would be Alec Burke, Quickly, D. Rose, uh, Nerlens, and Toppin or Taj Gibson, depending on how... You know, uh, Tibbs is feeling. Um, I think their X factor is. I I said this last year as well, and I still believe it. So what the Knicks did was they went from a lot of defense to now. If you look at their lineup, it's not a lot of defense. Like it really isn't. Like Kemba below average, Evan Fournier below average, RJ Barrett above average, uh, Julius Randle above average, Mitchell Robinson average-ish to above average. So, you know, before it was Payne, good defender, Reggie Bullock, good defender, RJ, good defender, Julius, good defender, Nerlens, good defender. So you had five good defenders out there. Now you got two below-average defenders out there and three good, like, which is still, like, a good ratio. I just think Kemba and Fournier are going to get attacked a lot. And I think the X factor for them to be a good defense again is Mitchell Robinson because he's going to have to protect that rim. And so if they want to remain a good to great defense, I think that's that's what it's going to take. Um, because rim protection is the most important thing in the, in basketball. Like if uh, Kemba Walker gets beat, if Evan Fournier gets beat, and the player that beat them is taking a you know long two, an open long two, like, yeah, you'll live with that. But what you can't have is them breaking down Fournier or Kemba and at the rim, like there's not good rim protection. If Mitchell Robinson can force them into long twos and deter them from going to the rim, that's going to be huge for this defense. Uh, but they're offensively, I think they're going to improve a lot. Like if you just look at them, they were 23rd on offense, third on um, uh, defense. And if you look at their team stats, it's, dis- it's pretty disgusting. 21st in field goal percentage. They barely took any threes. Um, They didn't get to the rim a lot. They didn't get to the free throw line a lot. There was a lot of isos. 29th in assist. It's just just very gross. And you add Kemba. Kemba, Kemba's still a good player. Forney is a good offensive player. Um, And I think that 23rd probably gets to around 15th, I would say. So my guess would be for this season, their offense gets around to 15th, more fun, more explosive, and their defense takes a pretty big step down 
to around 10th. So that 40, 42 and a half. I would say the over on that. I think they're probably a 45 win team. I would say they're probably a 45 win team. Whew. That was tough. All right, let's get to the Celtics. Where are the Celtics? Boston. They won 30. They went, they were 500. Uh, 10th in offense, 14th in defense. They had a they had a plus night rating, uh, so they underperformed in close games. Their win total is forty six, and if you really look at what happened last season, it's a lot of it just is injuries, because if you look at the season before, their top four players, um, Jalen, Marcus, Tatum, and Kemba, in just in the playoffs, so just that would have been what. Four games, seven games, that's 11, 17 games. In 17 games, they played out 350 minutes together. Just in 17 games, 350 minutes together. This season, this entire season, that lineup played 290 minutes. So 60 less minutes in, what was it, 60 more games? That's pretty insane. Like So like COVID fucked them up. And the thing with the injuries was, it wasn't like, they all got injured for 10 games and they came back. It was like, oh, these two got injured. These two were injured. Now these two other players are injured. So it was like that. It was like a combination. It was never like them all on the court at the same time. Uh, it wasn't like they were all missing games at the same time. It was someone comes back, someone else gets injured. Someone comes back, someone else gets injured. So, you know, that that that's what you have to look at. And just looking at their roster, who have they lost this season? Obviously, they lost Kemba. Uh, they lost Kemba. Fournier is gone, even though he barely played. Tristan Thompson's gone. Sami Ojale is gone, and that's really it. So next year, the starting lineup. My guess would be Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Al Horford, Robert Williams, who they give a pretty big extension to, and off the bench it would be Dennis Pritchard. Naismith, Grant Williams, and my guess would be Romeo. And I don't think Enos Cantor is going to play a lot. I feel like Cantor's minutes are mostly going to be. Oh, they got Garrison Matthews too. I like Garrison Matthews. I just want to. I just wanted to say that. I think he's a really good. He's a really good three point shooter, and I think like he he's just really good at getting to the free throw line. I have no idea how, but he's just really good. Get, I don't know why the referees respect him so much, but he's just really good at getting to the free throw line. They also got Josh Richardson. The interesting thing with Josh Richardson, I've mentioned this before, is that he's not a great three-point shooter, but like people only value three-pointers now. But he's an elite mid-range shooter, like elite mid-range shooter. He shoots like fifty-two percent from you know long twos. So I feel like there's there has to be some value to like spacing out at least long two and making that at fifty-two percent. There has to be some value to that. Um. On top of that, he's like a 90% free throw shooter. So you know he can shoot. It's just the three-point shot. It hasn't come back to him since Miami. Um, but aside from that, like their bench is going to be pretty good with Dennis, Payton, Josh, uh, Neesmith, who like the last 30, 40 games when he started getting minutes were shooting 40% from three. Uh, Al Horford playing the backup five, even though I, like he's going to start. He's going to start and play backup five. 
the X factor for this team is it's Robert Williams. You know, he just got paid. And if you look at, I, I'm a huge Robert Williams fan. I think he's the best lob catcher in the league. I think as a passer, he's tremendous. I think he's a great playmaker. I don't. I rarely see him making mistakes on the plays that he's supposed to make. He's a really good. He's a really good passer. He can kind of switch on uh, onto guards. He can block shots. Great, great with his hands. He just has to get a little bit better on not jumping at everything. And if he can do that, he's gonna be excellent. Like, and he he's got tremendous touch in the paint. Like when he when they do a pick and roll, and sometimes you sometimes you don't get all the way to the rim. Sometimes you get outside of that circle. He's got like a great little floater push shot type thing. He makes it like at least 55, 60%. And he's like, as I said with Nick Claxton, you know, Nick Claxton can be one of those guys that, Nick Claxton, Mitchell Robinson, I said I would too, that if they can protect the rim, that defense is going to be elite. And from Nick Claxton and Mitchell Robinson and Robert Williams, the one that I trust the most at doing that is Robert Williams. I think Robert Williams can be a monster defensively, monster. So, you know, he's my X factor for the team. Just however good he can be is how good the defense is going to be. Um, but 46 wins, I'm going to go the over on that. I would say they're a 48-50 win team. Um, what else about this team that I have to say? Defensively, I think they're going to be really fucking good. Like, top five, honestly. Because you got Marcus, Jalen, Tatum, Al Horford's still a good defender. Robert Williams is a good defender. Then you got Dennis Schroeder, who's a good defender. And, you know, backup center is going to be Al Horford. Uh, Neesmith looked fine. Josh Richardson can play defense. I think they're going to be a really good defense. Um, and defense can win you a lot of games. Like, if you're a top five defense, you're probably, like, just... Let's say you're a top five defense and 20th on offense. You're going to win 40-something games just off that. And I think they're going to be a top five defense with a pretty solid offense. Um, the other X factor, but like I can't say it's an X factor because it's such a big step is if one of Tatum or Jalen can become superstars. Right now they're stars, but if they can become superstars, you know, that would change everything for this team. But that's that's like that's not even like an X factor. That's just something beyond an X factor. Um so yeah, I think I think the Celtics are gonna be good. Forty eight wins for them. And I would be confident in that. Not like super not super confident, but pretty confident in betting that they would be hitting the over on that. The last team is the Tampa Bay Toronto Raptors, who went twenty seven and forty five with a net rating that wasn't that bad. Their expected win loss was thirty five and thirty seven, so they just weren't great in close games, I guess. Fred Van Vliet, I like. Siakam, I like. Old G, I like. Gary Trent Jr., I like. Kem Birch, I like. Norman Powell, no, he's gone. Boucher, I like. Mikel, um, Malachi Flynn, I don't like. Um, who they lost? They lost Kyle Lowry. And I feel like they're really messed up not doing a sign-in trade with, like, Lowry and Siakam or Lowry and OG or, you know, something... Something like that for Ben Simmons because I think if you have got it, if you had gotten Ben Simmons, you could have been you 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 would have been really fucking good for the next five ten years with that. But they lost Lowry. Who else did they lose? Uh, obviously, they lost Powell during the season. Well, traded him during the season. Um, 
I don't really know. Stanley Johnson, I guess. Aaron Baines, like guys that don't really matter. But just looking at their next season, uh, it's going to be, they got Goron, obviously. They got uh, Precious Achua, which I liked. Um, Scotty Barnes, the drafted. Uh, aside from that, I'm not really that impressed with the roster. I, I actually, I do like the roster. I, I actually do like it. Because you got Fred, who's a good player. Gary Trent's pretty good. OG's great. I think he's the best perimeter defender in the league. I think he's the best forward defender in the league. Siakam's okay. <laughs> like, Siakam's had, like, the biggest fall where he, the dude made second team all NBA. And now no one actually just cares about him. And the biggest thing is just, he forgot how to shoot. Like, he went from, like, 35 36% from three to under 30%. So, like, that takes a lot out of you as a player. Um, defensively, I heard he's uh, regressed a little bit as well. And center-wise, I just don't know who they're going to play. Probably Ken Birch. Ken Birch is a... Like, he's a solid NBA starter. Like, he's an actual NBA starter. Uh, Chris Boucher, I'm guessing, would be back up with... Along with uh, um, Siakam. Uh, do they still have uh, Gillespie? Gillespie's there, too. So, I'm guessing he's going to play some... Um, Scotty Barnes would probably play some. Defensive, they have a lot of versatility with OG, Siakam, Scotty. So, you know, they have a lot of forwards that can guard multiple positions, which I like. So defensively, I expect them to be pretty good. I expect them to be like a top 10-ish defense. Offensively is where I think they're going to struggle. Like, struggle a lot. So they were 16th with Lowry. I wouldn't be shocked if they're like a bottom third defense i mean offense so what's their over under let me look at that 36 oof oof 36 and a half shit oh that this one's actually like killing me because i like the raptors i like their players a lot i like that starting lineup but i think they're gonna have a tough 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 time scoring like a really tough time scoring um i'm gonna say i'm gonna I'm going to say they go over probably like 37, 38 wins, but I'm not betting on that. I'm not even touching that. I will not touch that at all. Uh, what's their X factor? Um, I don't even know. Because a lot of, like OG, I don't see improving a lot. Siakam, I don't like. The only thing Siakam can do really is, you know, go back to shooting 35% from three. Uh, they don't really have any young, t- I guess, Scotty Barnes, like what he can be. Is the X factor, but it's not like I don't like I don't like putting your rookies as X factors. So especially like with him, it's like well, what he's such a project that I just don't know what to expect from him. Like I guess if he could shoot, if he's the defender that everyone says he is, and he can kind of shoot the ball, that would be fucking huge for them. That would be huge for them. So I guess that would be my only X factor for that team. Uh, see, I'm going to stay away entirely from the from the 36 and a half. If I had to guess, I would say over. But I'm staying away from I'm not touching that at all. Um, and yeah, that was the Atlantic Division. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. And I will be back again soon, hopefully. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening.
Oh 